and welcome to ABW Live. We are talking Sheffield United nil, Arsenal three. I, I did say that correct. Don't adjust your sets. We won a game of football. We kept a clean sheet. It might be against a team that's basically relegated, but we still did it. Unbelievable. Uh, just quick hello to everyone in the box. Uh, Joshua Page, Remry, uh, who else did I see in there earlier? Uh, Anti351. Siam Vesh, hello, 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 everyone. Apologies if I missed anyone. Um, tonight's show, I'm joined by Danny on the buttons. Say hello, Danny. Hello, John. Hello. I mean, close <laughs> enough. At least you got my name right. And I'm also joined by Nick. Say hello, Nick. Hello, John. Right, there we go. Me? Yeah, no, that's fine. You don't have to say your own name. <laughs> um, yeah, lovely stuff. That was like, oh. It was like all comfortable and I wasn't nervous at any point. It was very, very strange to watch that Not considering the season we've had. Um, we'll jump into the lineups um, straight away. Uh, Danny, what did you make of the lineup? A lot of changes tonight. Granite Xhaka at left back, changing the centre backs again, Callum in at right back, and a certain Brazilian playing on the left hand side, but it wasn't Willian for once. Very interesting. I, I, I had my mum here, and uh, she asked mum, we were just having pizza before. And then I said, I, the lineup was put on Twitter. And I'm looking at it, and I went, it, it comes to something when they've put the, the lineup out, and I've got no idea who's playing in what position. I thought, is Martinelli going to play in the 10? I thought, is Saka going to play in the 10? Turns out they both did on and off. I didn't know whether Xhaka was going to be playing in the middle and, and then covering the back three when Chambers makes a run. But then I thought there'd be no balance on the left-hand side because we virtually had nobody on the left-hand side apart from, from Xhaka just sitting there having quite a good game. Uh, and then once it get, got going, you kind of, as, as we all probably do, you start piecing it together. You go, well, the goalie always plays in that position unless he's decided he's playing sweeper. And the two centre-backs are OK, party, you know where he's going to play. And then it just become a question of, and then you knew where Pepe and Lacazette was going to be, but um, Martinelli and Saka. And then they started off with Martinelli on the left and Saka in the middle. And then, I mean, Saka for this game got a 6.5. I thought for most of the game, he was absolutely magnificent. The, adapting to what? His third, fourth position of the season? Maybe fifth position? Running in and out of everything. And the way him and Martinelli were swapping over, that must have made or did make it a nightmare for, especially Ampadu, I thought. that Wasn't that long ago that Ampadu was the, the shining light? I think he's playing for Exeter and his dad was at Arsenal as one of the, the coaches and he wanted his son to come to Arsenal. He went, no, I'm going to go to Chelsea and then loaned out, loaned out, loaned out, relegated. So he's not had a good day. But with the whole thing, I think the balance worked really well. Party seems to, when Party has a good game, he makes anybody look really good. He's done that with Xhaka. He's done that with, so with um, Elneny today. He did it with Ceballos. And I think one of the most important things um, from Ceballos today was Party went, go on, son, off you go, upfield, do some magic. And Ceballos was, he was free like a bird. And wandering around, passing, creating stuff, mixing the play up with people. Every single player played really, really well. And this, this it's games like this that I think maybe the problem isn't Arteta. It isn't Arteta trust, telling people to trust the process. It's certain players going, I'm not trusting the process. Because everybody on that pitch today looked like they were trusting the process. Yeah, it was a um, very different attitude, although given it's... It's a bit weird in the moment in the league because not that we don't have anything to play for because top seven is still a possibility. Um, it's not seven. like it's, I know, <laughs> I know, top seven is an achievement nowadays, but it's Europa League basically, is what it is. Um, it's not necessarily likely, but it is possible. 
Um, Nick, just staying with the lineup quickly before we move into the game itself. When I looked at it, I thought Saka was going to be left back and we were going to play a midfield three. Um, I don't know, what. how did you think we were actually going to line up before the, the first ball was kicked? Yeah, pretty much spot on. I mean, I, I went to check the lineups at um, seven o'clock for an eight o'clock kickoff, and I was like, oh, a seven o'clock kickoff. So I just turned the computer on really quickly, so I didn't really pay much attention. When I was looking, I was like, who's playing at left back exactly? I, I just couldn't work out where anyone was actually supposed to be playing. And then I was like, well, who's that? Where's Shaka? Oh, there he is. But it's just strange. We've gone from so many decent full-backs that we're loaning them out like Kalasinic, and now we're playing a centre-half at right-back and a central midfielder at left-back. It's very odd. <laughs> yeah, it is, is a slight worry. Um, I'm not sure we're going to see Granite in there for the Slavia game, but I guess we'll we'll see that on Thursday. Um, jumping into the game, Danny, um, I mean, we just looked comfortable, didn't we? Um, everyone was passing it nicely. Like you said, Sakura thought, had so much freedom and could drift right or drift left and he was good. Martinelli was making his runs. Um Sabias was getting on the ball a lot, a player who normally really frustrates me, but tonight I thought he played pretty well. Um I was actually about to moan about him doing stupid back heels before he we scored the first goal. So um I almost cued it. But yeah, I just I mean Sheffield United weren't good in this game. They got better in the second half, I thought. But they just they made it a little bit easy for us. But I just thought there was a lot more pace about the way we played tonight compared to Thursday. Yeah, there was a lot more freedom for for players. I mean, when you're playing against Sheffield United, you could basically do whatever you want because they're they're never going to be much of a challenge. We only they only have um, Eddie McGoldrick's um, twin brother who who plays for them at fun. He only ever scores goals against Arsenal and Chelsea in the Premier League. I think he averages two or three goals a season. So I was half expecting him to score, and he had a couple of chances. But when you're coming up against a team like that, like Josh was saying, if, um, we were doing really well because we were playing the championship side, which is a bit harsh because last season they were really good and they just got rid of their manager. And I was watching a, a TIFO video explaining why they were so good last season because they used their centre-backs as wingers. And so they were overloading people and then creating loads of chances. But yeah, they've wasted, what, best part of 30 million on that Ryan Brewster bloke who the last time he scored, I think I had hair. Uh, that's how, how long ago it was, not it? They they had zero threat. The thing that had really helped them last season was they had the, is it Henderson of Man United? They had him in goal and we yeah. proved what a magnificent player he was because uh, next season he, they were going to get rid of De Gea and have Henderson in goal. So that was a major thing. Plus getting rid of the manager, I think, was a stupid idea because uh, when they go down, and they are definitely going down there, I didn't realise they were rock bottom by so many points. Just looking at the Premier League table, they're, they're seven points clear at the bottom. And they've mm. played a game more than West Brom. So it's just when you're playing up against a team like that, you really do go and expect that, expect to beat them. Because uh, Mike from the Gooners pod, they did a thing where they were getting people to do um, predictions 30 seconds each. There's about 15, 20 of us that did it. I was naked in bed doing it, eating soup. And then I said, it's going to be 4-0. And most people were going, it's going to be a draw. We're going to win by 1-0, one, one goal. And I thought, well, this is going to be an easy game. I mean, did you think it was going to be as easy as it looked? I mean, as it was, not looked. Um... I didn't think it would necessarily be easy because I thought, you know, there's some players there that might be good enough to stay in the Premier League. And maybe if they play well enough from now to the end of the season, they can say, look, this is, um, you know, what I can do. I can offer a club, say, bottom half of the table or maybe mid-table, maybe us, um, <laughs> depending on, on our, where we our trajectory is. 
but yeah, there's there's players there who are playing for their future, and Sheffield United are going to have to sell when they go down and and reinvest because I'm sure there's some of the players there they're not going to be able to, uh, you know, afford to pay some of those Premier League wages. Um, so I don't think it would be an easy game, but I thought we should beat them. the The question mark I had over it is how different the lineup would be because until the lineup came out, I mean, there was people talking about Martinelli. Uh, in Ketia and Balogun playing and stuff. I mean, I don't think that was going to happen, but I thought there was a chance, you know, maybe like Reese Nelson or someone might get a game or something because everything is obviously co- focused on the game on Thursday coming up, um, the away leg. Um, so I thought there was a good chance that there might be some rotation. He did rotate pretty heavily, um, but not maybe as much as some people wanted. Um, Nick, we'll talk about the first goal. Uh, that was like... Vintage Arson, um, that was a goal that could have been scored by his 98 team, 2002, 2004. Uh, the teams of Sesk and Nasri in it. Um, it was just just beautiful football from everyone, wasn't it? Yeah, it's very similar to the old um, Jackie Wilshire goal at Norwich, or I think it was at Riziki at, I want to say, Tottenham, where yeah. it was just basically one touch, ping pong all around the pitch. I, I mean, I've watched it a couple of times back. I still don't know who was passing at half the time because the ball was moving so quick. But obviously it went straight through to Lacazette who buried it in there. But I mean, when that, when that pass and move works, it works. But when it doesn't, it doesn't obviously, but it's nice to see them get a goal like that. Though. Yeah, it was, um, I just uh, watching it back now. So it's Partey into Lacazette who I think initially actually wins the ball back uh, deep in our half and starts the move off. Um, and he just does first-time ball into Saka. Saka off to Ceballos, and Ceballos did his, I think it was like his third little back-heel flick thing of the game. It's a great first touch from Lacazette to set himself, and he just opens his body up really, really nicely for the goal. Um, And that's what you have to do against teams. This is the sort of goal, um, although it's a really, really nice goal, this is the sort of moves we might have to do on Thursday because Sliver are in the position where they don't necessarily have to come out. They can just sit back and try and hit us on the counter. Um, so they might be tough to break down. And, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly how they're going to set up, but I'd imagine they're going to have quite a few players deep. Um, so, you know, it's good to see that the moment you move the ball quicker and you move it at pace and players are willing to play those first-time passes or only take one touch and move, you're always going to create problems. I thought Lacazette was really good tonight, Danny. Uh, like his movement, his hold-up play, his work rate off the ball, um, some of the first-time passes he did. He did a really, really good one out to Martinelli early on in the game before that goal as well. Uh, I thought he led the line brilliantly. Um, was he? He was captain tonight as well, wasn't he? I think. No idea. I actually can't remember who was captain. Someone in the chat will tell me. I can't remember. Yeah, who he, was. he was captain. Yeah, he was captain, yeah, wasn't he? Good. Yeah, yeah. That was like that was a proper captain performance tonight, and after Thursday where he missed that like, I'll say sitter because a player of his quality should be scoring that one on one versus the keeper. Um, I hope that confidence boost really helps him because he's going to need that on Thursday because he's got to be taking those chances. Um, but he was excellent, uh, excellent performance tonight. Um, the rest of the first half played out much like before the goal, really, Danny. No real pressure from Sheffield United. We created some good chances. Martinelli had a few uh, decent ones. You saw immediately the impact he had on the game. Um, just like always running forwards, always waiting for the pass through, getting in behind defenders and trying to take a shot on. 
whether he was going on his left foot or his right, I thought he was really, really good. So we'll jump straight into the second half. We had a little bit of the um, first half, second half syndrome in that we started really slowly and Sheffield United started to press us a little bit higher. They, to be fair, they had to change the way they played because they were doing nothing in the game, were they? Um, but in the end, it didn't really matter because our Brazilian wonder kid, wonder kid, and no, again, I'm not talking about Willian, I am talking about Martinelli, stepped up with a goal, Danny. You want to talk us through that one? Um, You're trying to remember it, aren't you? I was just typing in the chat box. Uh, Rudy's been putting up some quotes. I was going to oh, type in our, our message. We are. I'll read some of them out later for the people not watching on YouTube. The second goal, um, I can't remember it. Isn't that awful? I was so uh, I went over the Lacazette goal time, and that's the only one in my head because that was a fantastic goal. That was a uh, like like Rudy's put here. Um, Arteta asked if Arsene Wenger would have enjoyed Lacquer's goal, and he said, "Hopefully, it was a typical Arsenal goal. It was really high quality, and the movement from Lacquer was really good as well. And it was so good, it's ruined the rest of the game for me because I can't if, remind me a little bit about the, the Martinelli goal." <laughs> So the Martinelli goal, um, I think it starts with a really good ball from Pablo Marie uh, out to Pepe. And it was the first time he'd really got a chance to get a shot off. He got in good positions quite a few times, but he either delayed the shot or defenders got back enough quickly that he had to check back and, and lay off a pass. But he got his shot off and Ramsdale gets a hand to it. It's Again, I'm not a goalkeeper. I don't know whether he should do better with the way he's palmed it out. But Martinelli, like a really good striker to should do is anticipating yes, perfectly. He was running in on goal. Yeah. Yes, he just anticipates it really perfectly. Yeah. It's like any any little rebound and he did it in the first half as well from a corner, I think. We had a shot blocked by uh, McGoldrick where one bounce out to him. But it's that that instinct thing. It's that thing Ready. you can't teach a player. They're just yeah. always on their toes and they know where the ball is going to fall. I know why now I only saw that goal once because I quickly went and tweeted if that was Lacazette from that distance, uh, Sheffield United, Sheffield Airport will be given, sticking it in a stack waiting for it to come back down and land. And I added Chris in it, so after sending him gifts, I only saw the goal once. But yeah, the way that he saw, he, he was running in just on the off chance that the goalkeeper was going to parry it. And he did parry it, a superb bit of goalkeeping, parried it straight into the path of... Uh, of uh, Martinelli, who then came in and carefully slotted it in, and then he ran off, and then I think he did a bit of a the, the, did a bit of a an enthusiastic celebration, and then the referee wasn't happy with him. And so when I went back to looking at it, missed all the replays after tweeting Chris, and then saw the referee had a word of him, and I think he was maybe telling him, "Oi, calm down, you're not allowed to celebrate anymore. This is football. We don't celebrate football. You need to need to get back there and and get on with it." But just shows that how you've got to be concentrating on the game. And it was his concentration was brilliant the entire time. He was hungry, and that's what we want. And you think, well, I don't want to have a go at Obama Young, but that's what Obama Young isn't doing. Obama Young would have probably just, you'd have seen it, or William would have just stood there, hands on hips and gone, oh, goalkeeper's parried it out. No, nah, never mind. It's not my job. Uh, the, the, the other bloke should have scored. So really good for him to do it. And the, uh, you just knew he was going to score. Eventually, sometime in this game, I had him down to score maybe a couple of goals because he's he's been given the chance to start in a game. Also, it's going to be a little poke in the eye for Obama Young going, that's what you should have done. So maybe it's going to be Obama Young is going to one that's going to miss out from now on because Balogun is apparently going to sign a new contract. He's going to be ready. Eddie got a little bit of a start and didn't really, nearly scored. Nearly scored at the end. Um, but I'm just really happy for, for Martinelli because uh, he's so good. But then a little while after that, didn't he go down with a what looked like a screaming injury? Yeah, he did go down and it looked like, I can't remember who was warming up exactly at the time, but it looked like he was going to be Brilliant. the sub. 
Yeah, it was William, wasn't it? But then Saka went down not long afterwards and Martinelli had already walked back on. And I thought when William was one, I thought, oh, they're just going to take Martinelli off. No need to risk him maybe saving for Thursday. But then Saka went down and I, I'm hoping it's just a dead leg um, because that is a worry. He's carried us off, If it was a dead leg, I mean, if it was something other than a dead leg, um, yeah, I mean, you can do, even if you do your hamstring, you can still walk off the pitch. Oh, players okay. have done it. Um, I think players even with ACLs and stuff, but it just, I'm hoping it was just more of a dead leg than anything else. Whether he starts Thursday or not now will probably be a question. They were, rub- they were rubbing the top of his left thigh, so yeah. I don't know if what well, that means, but we'll have to see. Maybe yeah, to get him that, excited to get him back up again and get me that'll going. Be a, um, that, if, if you want to know, go and ask Dom on Twitter. He'll be able to tell you straight away exactly what the injury is. He could just look at a man and tell you what his injury is, even if he's not walking funny. It's bizarre. I don't know how he does it. I messaged um, him last night. I was watching a bloke in Australia on Twitch driving a lorry, so I messaged Dom and sent him a picture. <laughs> Dom said, oh, that was it. <laughs> he didn't know him then. <laughs> oh, dear, I forgot to ask. <laughs> Could have been his dad. Um, oh, yeah. look what Rudy's put. Arteta on Tierney. Kier- Tieran, Tieran, Tierney. Kieran is probably out for the season. Yeah. That was. Were you expecting that? Um, yeah, to be honest, from what oh. they said about the injury report, the the one thing I would say is there's depending on how bad it is because it could be four to six weeks. There would be like a chance maybe he could be back in time if we got to the final, but I think it's one of those things where there is no point risking him um, for a one-off game because then it could ruin his off season. It's better to let him have a full recovery in a pre-season proper and and kick on next season. Um, Nick, we'll jump, uh, do the do the third goal now. We have three goals to talk about and they're all <laughs> Arsenal, which is bizarre. I've not done this for a long time. Um, this is what Lacazette needed to do on Thursday night, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, what was he on the last uh, last defender's shoulder? Lovely little through ball from um, Party. He just mm. got past his man. And I did like how he looked up and gave the goalkeeper the eyes yeah. and then just slotted it in the other way which was nice and a little bounced off him. So for a minute there, I thought <laughs> the keeper actually got a got a save on it or deflected it slightly, but no, he went straight over his legs, which is nice because, you know, the fact he actually get you know lifts his head up and has a look, yeah, you know, shows he's confident, whereas sometimes, you know, in the past, people like Lacazette, he just like won't even look and just blast it, like Danny said, into a train station car park or something but uh, it's uh. nice he got a, it's nice he got a couple of goals tonight because I do like because since we're signed Lacazette he hasn't actually I don't think he's ever really been playing like how he was in France or when he played for France as well we're, tr- we're trying to make him play like Bobby Firmino at Liverpool running around trying to bring everyone in and you know, sometimes that's worked for him, sometimes it hasn't. But he, he, he never seems to hide. He's always, you know, getting into positions. And yeah. I mean, if I, I think he missed one today, and obviously on Thursday he hit the hit the post. But at least he's getting into the positions to score. You know, some people, you know, some of our strikers, when they don't look up for it, they just don't look like they're on the pitch completely. Yeah, he does. He does always show for the ball and try to make things happen. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, you saw the difference with him tonight, and it's. When he was at Lyon, when he played for France, he had uh, good technical players around him who could move the ball quickly and would run beyond him and, and open space for him. And that's what he had tonight in Pepe, Saka and Martinelli. Um, yeah, really, really good goal from him. And I love the turn and pass from Partey. That was, 
that was like watching like when Vieira first came into the team. You just sort of, who's this gangly like French kid? He's coming. He's going to get his legs broken immediately, and then you just see him just like spin three players, and none of them could touch him or knock him off the ball. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. And just sit, really simple ball. Just turn. He knows his striker's running. Lacazette's already moving before Partey's even turned with the ball. Um, so that was really nice. What, John, um, what do you think this season? If we'd have played Martinelli more often, do you think we'd be in the situation we are now, or was it just looking shiny because we're playing a shit team? Um, I, I still think we, I don't know if it would have made a huge difference. There's a few games, yeah, where maybe if you start him over Willian, you might do a little bit better. But I, this is not a knock against Martinelli because I know some people are going to crucify me for this. I like him and he's a really exciting player, but he's still very, very raw. Like his decision making when he goes forward is at times excellent, other times, like it can be the wrong thing. There was one chance early in the first half where he got clean through and instead of just doing a sort of shot cross, he went for the near post and there's like three other guys like running along in the six-yard box. Really there, he should be going for the far corner. If it gets deflected or keeper gets a hand to it, someone's got a tap in. Instead, he goes for the really difficult angle and puts it in the side netting. Um, he's full of energy and running and he'll track back and stuff, but he can get caught positionally sometimes. And I know people don't like Willian, and I'm not a greater admirer of his either. I was before he came, but he's been, yeah, but he's been really bad since he's been here. But I understand why Arteta got him and why he played him a lot was because on the ball, technically, he's pretty sound and secure and generally doesn't give it away a lot. That hasn't been the case. I know he's been poor, but I, I get the reasoning behind it. And sometimes you need one of your forward players to be able to keep the ball if you're going to struggle a bit. Um, obviously in a game like this you don't really need a Willian type player because you're just going to have the ball naturally majority of the game anyway because Sheffield United the position they're in and, and everything else um, so I do think he could have made a difference in some games but the way people talk about him they sort of rave like he's the next Ronaldo or something look if he goes on to be Ronaldo that's amazing and it's great for us but I personally I don't see it I think he's going to be a very good footballer but he's got a long long way to go and to put all that on a you know a kid who's what is he nineteen or something, it's a tough ask. And the other thing as well is we don't know how serious his injuries are. You know, that, looking that's... at Ronaldo, hmm. did you know Ronaldinho's real name is Ronaldo? I did not know that. No, Ronaldo de Assis Moreira. No, so there you go. He's the uh, second Ronaldo, not the not the uh, so the other one. He's a third. Yeah, well, there you go. I did not know that. I assume he probably changed his name a little bit because of the original Ronaldo and didn't want to try and steal his thunder or whatever. Who Possibly. knows? Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the game itself, I don't think there's too much actually in-game stuff that we need to talk about. Uh, we don't need to mention the referee because he had a great game. Nothing nothing to complain about, which is weird considering the weekend referees have had. If anyone saw some of the decisions that refs and VAR <laughs> made this weekend yet again, but our referee was very good. I don't know who was his name. I didn't even recognise him. Um, How about this message here from Peter Banks? That was it. Go on, Julio Halmondo. If we are positive tonight, but if Thursday goes against us, that's our season done. Talk about high to low. Bloody um, true, so true. Yeah, it is a little bit. The one thing I did want to pick up from this game, I thought, was interesting. Um, because of the way Sheffield United is set up and we know that Arteta is the sort of manager who will heavily research the way the opposition play and how they set up and positions and everything they take. I did think it was interesting that basically Partey almost played centre midfield on his own tonight 
because Sabayas at time was basically playing as a second, you know, as a left midfielder. Um, you know, that left-hand side was Xhaka, Sabayas and Martinelli. And Partey was just sat in the middle on his own. And and it, despite the fact Sheffield United had three players in the middle, they couldn't get anywhere near him. Um, they thought it was actually quite clever from Arteta because it basically said, we're going to go wide and try and stretch you as much as possible to then make the gaps in the middle. Because if we just go try and go straight through the middle of you, it's just, it's just not going to work. Um, but yeah, th- there's nothing else to talk about in the game. It was comfortable. We scored three, well, two really good goals and one just very clever striker play. Um, I thought most of the players had a really good game. Some well, I was a little bit disappointed in. I thought Xhaka was decent at left-back, although I thought it was weird that Sheffield United didn't at any point try and test him. Was um, he proper left-back, though? Doing the, the Tierney left-back, or was he doing a Cedric left-back? Or even was he doing a Nigel Winterburn left-back where you didn't really move from left-back much? It was much more of a Nigel Winterburn left-back uh, than anything else. Um, you know, And I think maybe that is part of the reason why Sabias was a lot more left than central, was to help Xhaka in case anyone did try to run behind. But um, yeah, he, he was pretty solid. I don't expect to see that on Thursday, if I'm honest. Um, I would probably expect to see Cedric out there, but who knows. Uh, another good game for Callum Chambers as well today. I thought he was really good. Um, I know lots of people don't particularly rate him or Rob Holding, but uh, I quite like Callum Chambers. And I think he's a player we should keep because he's very versatile. Can play centre-back, right-back. I think you could play him in midfield as well if you needed. But yeah, I mean, that is... That's the game, really. Um, if you do have questions, I know Danny's already asked you, please stick them in the chat box. Um, we've got a few, so I'll start now. Uh, Nick, I'll ask you this one first from Joshua Page. Uh, is Martinelli the player we've missed since we lost Alexis? No. <laughs> no, I mean, well, obviously not. I mean, when Alexis came in, you know, he was, I don't know if he was our, probably our second, like, highest, like, paid signing and, he just hit the ground running and just basically carried us for about three years, pretty much on his own. And he was, you know, he just played like a world beater, you know. And he'd been at, you know, been at Italy, been at Barcelona, and all these players, you know. And he was in the, you know, the peak of his career. And then he left us, and then just gave up football, or well, almost he did at Man U anyway. And this, you know, he's a young lad. Stop going mad at these players when they're so. I mean, that's why I'm glad Arteta sort of reasoning him back in. I mean, Danny said, oh, if he played more, where would we be? Well, he was injured till December, so we couldn't have played him until then anyway. And, you know, we, we keep laughing and joking and saying about, you know, we're not, not laughing at Jack Wilshire. You know, we keep saying in the WhatsApp group, Donna Jack, you know, keep injuring these young players. You know, them coming in at 16, 17, 18 years old, playing all this football when their body's still developing, that's not really, you know, they're not going to be able to be playing when they're 30. I mean, Jackie Wilshire's 28 years old and he's basically finished at Bournemouth. You know, he, he can't play and we don't want to do this to these players. So, you know, if in the last, if he's had to take a couple of months off to get into the gym, get his knees right, because once he's done one knee, the other knee is going to go. And if the other knee goes he's basically finished before he's 20 so we, we've got to look after we've got to look after this kid yeah yeah no it's fair enough um i i do get part of the question in the sort of the energy he gives to the forward line and the way he chases I mean, you know he, he does press well um but yeah he's he's not the same quality of player but i don't think you can expect him to do it week in week out not at that age anyway 
Um, Danny, one from Julian Salmon for you. Uh, should we look to sell Alba before Lacquer? Yes. Definitely. <laughs> okay. You can just see he's not interested, is he? He looks like a, 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 a cat with a smacked ass. That's not the word, is it? A face like a smacked ass. That's the there word, not cat. Yeah, he <laughs> just looks like he cannot be bothered. Um, if When you are a superstar, you're the best player your country's ever had. Every club you've played at, you've been the main man, and you're a goal-scoring legend in every country you've played in. And then you're coming here and things aren't working out and you're being told what to do. He doesn't like it, does he? Happened yeah. at Dortmund. Um, and it's happening again here. There's, there's a reason why he's only stayed at clubs, I think, three or four years at a time, and then he moves on. He's coming to that end of that time now. But yet again, whoever runs our contracts has, uh, has given a contract to somebody for way too much money. We, we were seeing that. When did he sign the contract? Was it about October or something like that? Um, I'm trying to remember now. It wasn't. It wasn't um, in the the middle of the summer like 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 you thought it would have been. Yeah, no, it was it was like after the FA Cup and it was due, mm. like as the season started. Maybe I can't remember exactly. It was after it, yeah. the first game, wasn't it? Yeah, something like, and that. like yeah. that. And then he didn't score for about three months until he got a penalty against United. Mm. But we know it was reported that um, and Barcelona apparently this is probably his agent putting it out. But Barcelona wanted him and Real Madrid wanted him, and then it looks like they were his, I've said it before that his agent was touting him around to all the clubs all over the world, and then then and none of them wanted him because the Barcelona Real Madrid don't have any money. And then he came back and went, oh, "Okay, I signed a new deal." And it's guaranteed if there was any other club in the world that would have offered us forty million for him, and he wanted to go there, he wouldn't be with us now. So he's come back and signed signed a contract. And then doesn't really want to be here. Doesn't really want to, doesn't like the system, doesn't like what he has to do, doesn't want to have to run. You can look at him now compared to what he was in his first, even his first half season here. He's a 20, 25, 30 goal a season, man. And there's got to be a reason. We thought at first it was because his mum was really ill. And then he come back after that and he had one good game. We scored the hat trick. And after that, it just doesn't look like he, he can be bothered. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's sad to see, but yeah, I, I'd get rid of him first because... He's got a load more skill and ability than Lacazette, but Lacazette it will just give you everything as often as he can. And you'd think a lot of strikers, after missing that goal on Thursday, Lacazette would be a little bit goal shy. He went out there and proved that he can still do it by scoring two goals, like you were saying earlier. One almost in an identical situation, and this time he put it away. And yeah. I just, I just really like Lacazette. I think he's a lovely bloke. Nice beard. <clears throat> yeah, I um, but if I if I could choose and like magical Christmas land. Bamiyang would probably be the one to sell just because the money he's on is so high for his age. And I understand why we did it at the time because the season he just had was ridiculous. He was scoring goals that just shouldn't be able to at times. Um, I think Lacazette is more of the sort of striker that Arteta probably wants. And if you look at the way City play, and I'm not saying Lacazette is at the same level as Aguero, he's obviously not, but he's similar sort of player in the sense that he can bring bring people into play. He's you know he's finishing. He's pretty accurate majority of the time. Thursday, obviously the exception. Um, you know he's a really good penalty box striker, um, and he can drop in deep and 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 press well from the front as well if you need it. Um, but I think the position the club have got themselves into means that if they do sell one, it probably is Lacazette. Um, on the upside, if he has a really good end to the season, it means his values goes up. So, Who? Alba? <clears throat> no, uh, Lacazette. I don't think many... What's he? He's 31 now, is he? Every every show we do this, 
but we're never sure how old anybody is. So I'm going to go and have a look. I think he's 31. I'm pretty 29, isn't he? Oh, it's 29, yeah. He'll be 30 in, uh, he'll be 30 oh, no. next month. Alba's 31. Yeah. Well, the way we're talking, it's like Lacazette's coming to the end of his career. Yeah. And as a player who doesn't rely on pace, he's the, I think he's the closest thing we've had to a, um, uh, an Ian Wright for ages. He's, oh, he's, his birthday's the day before Sean. So he's 30 at the end of May. He's, yeah. uh, the way he plays, he still has got, what, another three years with us? He could carry on doing that. Whereas a bummy young would take his pace away and then mm. he's struggling, struggling for goals. And yeah. yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens in the summer because the club obviously are going to need, regardless of whether we, I mean, if we win the Europa League, then it's slightly different because you have Champions League money and they can spend more. But if they don't, then they're going to have to sell uh, quite a few more players. And Lacazette is one who's got some value still. Um, Ajit Jir, uh, I'll take this one. If Saka is fit, same front four for the Prague game. Um... My feeling is it depends on Smith Rowe and Erdegaard. If they're both fit and available, then I would personally change it and I'd play Saka, Smith Rowe, and Erdegaard behind Lacazette. Um, not because I don't think Martinelli had a good game. I thought he was really good today. Um, you obviously Lacazette in. I thought Pepe had a good game. I still found him frustrating because I still thought he gave the ball away in stupid positions at times. Have you noticed um, with him, um, it's... Uh... When he's like this, he starts the game like this and the game goes on and he gets more and more and more down mm. like an old person. And when he's I've in that never position, seen, I take him off. I've never seen someone walk slow, so slowly to take a corner as well. I know it's the end of the first half, but that is the longest walk <laughs> I've ever seen. You thought he'd been sent off the way he was walking to the corner flag. Unbelievable. Um, I get it, it's the end of the first half and we won the up and whatever and it's like a pretty comfortable game. But yeah, it's just bizarre. I mean, he just confuses me as a player. I swear he's related to Sonogo at times, sometimes when I see him play. Very strange. Um, Nick, one for you uh, from Jimmy H. Uh, has Arteta Arsenal done it again, signing Alba on a big contract? Uh, once again, it's gone horribly wrong with reports saying Alba is unhappy at the club. We sort of touched on this. Um, do you buy into the Aubameyang not being happy thing? Well, I thought he's not happy scoring goals because that's what he wants to do. But, I mean, we signed him knowing what he can do and his first what two and a bit years we had him play and how he plays sort of not quite a striker not quite a left winger sort of you know out there in that position and for some reason this year Arteta's trying to change how he plays which I get that but why would you sign a player that does what he does give him a huge contract on what he does and then try to make him play differently I don't like I said he's 31 he can't it's not like he can learn different positions now, you know. I mean, years ago, you used to start off as a striker and as you got older, you'd end up, you know, going further back the pitch until you were a centre-half. But you can't really do that with him now. But, I mean, I mean, they said he got the flu and then all the Twitter brigade, now he's had a row with Arteta, he's doing this, that and the other. Well, they said he's got the flu, he's got the flu. It has been going around. I think, um, didn't um, Xhaka have it last week and a few others yeah. and things like that? But... I don't know. I mean, I just that we've always got to have someone to complain about, haven't we? Oh, I mean, yeah. And no matter what we do with the players over the last like five, ten years, whatever, if we sign, if they sign the contract, we complain. If we let them run the contract down, we complain. If we sell them to anyone, we complain. So we've got to do one of those things. We can't yeah. do none of those. So 
I mean, I don't know who's going to, if you know, if we sell them in the summer, I don't know who's got the money to buy them and where would he go, really? I mean, I mean, do you think if Klopp knows him really well and they were looking for another striker to compete with Firmino and that in the summer and they chose to go for Jota, you know, and I think, you know, going to the champions of England, you know, to your old manager he used to play for, but he didn't want him. Yeah. So where else is he going to go? Yeah. I, um, our, our friend OG is in the chat. Hello, OG. How are we? Mr. Hollenfrund uh, says, too much being made of Alba's Alba's absence, in my opinion. Uh, I agree. I I think he probably just did have the flu, to be perfectly honest. Arteta has been more than happy to throw players under the bus if they've done something wrong. Um, He's quite happy to come out and say someone turned up late for a game or someone's done something in training or whatever it is. Um, And there's so many leaks at Arsenal. If there was actually something else going on, I'm sure it would have come out. So... Yeah, I think he probably just did have the flu. And Arteta went, we could take him, but there's not really any point. It's kind of a nothing game. We'll keep him and try and make sure he's available for Thursday's game because it's the bigger game. Um, but yeah, the, the whole Aubameyang situation is a bit weird. Um, and just in general, what we have to do in the summer. Uh, question for all of us from Avon Ted. Uh, quick, easy answer from all of you. Who would you start? Uh, well, okay. He says who starts at left back on Thursday. Okay. Danny, who do you think will start a left back and who would you start a left back? Um, I wouldn't start Xhaka there because Xhaka is very good at defending the left back. We said earlier that it was more of a winter burn defensive left back. We want that game. We've got to go. We've got to score at least one goal because uh, if we don't, then we are out. So I would go. Our only options there are playing Saka as a wing back. But then I think that limits the his ability to get forward and score goals and do everything else that he does. So I would have... Um, um, Cedric. See, people with two names, they always confuse me. Yeah, I'd have Cedric all day long because he can attack, he can defend, and he's got the ability to get forward and get back quickly. Right, who, do you, the... who do you think Arteta's going to play there on Thursday? <sighs> he's afraid to lose, Polly Xhaka. Fair enough. Nick, what do you reckon? Who, who do you think Arteta will play there on Thursday? I think he'll, play, I think he'll go with Cedric because there isn't really anyone else, is there? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Zaka at left back, nah, not at, not at that place. I mean, they're going to be sitting back. I don't think we need anyone more solid at left back. I think we can afford to gamble with the fullbacks against them. I mean, we've got to. I mean, I'm actually quite, I say happy. I'd rather we we'd won last week's game three nil, mm. but I'd rather. That sounds. I'm, I'm. I would rather have a one one, knowing. We know we've got to go there and beat them and win the game of football on the day. Whereas if we went there and we were one nil or two nil and we were like, "Oh, do we go for it? Do we gamble? Do we sit?" Yeah, there? I know. You know, I know what you mean. We cannot do that. Yeah, you know. We, you know, what was it, the other game? We were three one up and then we had played oh, an absolute um, crap game and we lost. Olympiacos. One yeah. yeah, we were just terrible the whole game. We looked like we got the ball. That's almost as if we didn't look know which way we were supposed to be scoring. That's yeah. how you know indecisive we were, but yeah, I think I think he'll go with Cedric, and I think he might start Bellerin as well over Callum Chambers. Yeah, um, I think we need the width and the crosses. I think he'll go with Cedric. Um, if it was me personally, uh, thinking of who would play ahead of them, if everyone's available, um, like Saka and Smith Rowe and Odegaard and that, personally, I would put Saka there just because it is an extra attacking player on the pitch who's comfortable on that side and 
he can obviously play really well. Well, I mean, Saka can play really well with anyone, but if Smith Rose in front of him, I think that'd be really dangerous down that side. But I think Arteta will probably go with Cedric because um, at least he, you know, he is an actual fullback, even if it is the wrong side for him. But yeah, well, we shall see what happens on Thursday. Right, a few more questions we'll whip through. Uh, Julian Salmon, are we ever going to see Nelson in an Arsenal shirt again? Can't see it myself. Uh, maybe at the end of the season, possibly. Um, whether he stays or not, I don't know. Uh, my guess is that he'd probably be loaned out again next season if he's still here and we haven't sold him. Uh, Craig Barlow asks, if Lacquer is doing well, is he playing for a big contract either at Arsenal or away uh, and do we keep him? Uh, again, we kind of already spoke about this, um, but he did add to this. If a club wants Alba for 20 to 30 million, would you sell? Uh, Danny, would you sell if we got an offer for a Bamian? For 30 million? Yeah. Definitely. Okay. He's got the hump. He is a superstar and he's a diva. He's much like Chris. You force Chris to do shows, he's going to turn up, he's going to sit there, he's going to twiddle his ponytail and then look mournfully into the distance like that. You can't force superstars to do stuff. That's why you two are my favourites. <laughs> because we're not superstars. Yeah, you can't, you can't, for, you can't force super. When you have got that much talent, you can't, mate. They do what they want. Yeah, and he wants to go. See, so, so what you're saying, chat and listeners, is that me and Nick aren't talented. It's, it's great that we make the efforts come on it. Um, no, you're not, you're not stroppy girls. <laughs> I don't oh. want to ask no anymore. Don't be sexist. Come on. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if an offer came in for a Bamiyang, I would sell him just because of his age and the fact we basically do need the money to reinvest. 300 grand a week saving. Yeah, it's a lot of money. And then you can try and groom through, you know, you can have Lacazette as the experienced striker. You've got Martinelli, who I think eventually could be a forward. And Balogun, who should be signing next week. Um, a little birdie told me, apparently. I'm not going to tell you what day, but I might have heard. Um, oh. Get that quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People in the know. Um, no, it's just some weirdo on Twitter slid into my DMs. I don't know. I ain't got a clue who he is, but yeah. <laughs> uh, Joshua says, uh, Joshua Lang, sorry. I found myself somewhat frustrated with Pepe giving the ball away tonight. Fair. Nick, what did you make of Pepe tonight? Did he did, did he play? I didn't really know. Did he come on? <laughs> I, did, I, did, I was sort of zoning out towards the end of that game, to be honest, but I don't know. I... Pepe's—he's he's so frustrating. So that's like he's showing him flashes that he could be a world beat, and then he's showing him flashes he wouldn't get in the Norwich team. You know, that's just ah. Oh. I mean, he's tried him at what left wing, right wing, everywhere, and I don't know. He just—he just doesn't. I don't know if he doesn't fit Arsenal, doesn't fit the Premiership, does he really? Yeah, I I don't know with Pepe. Lots of people were saying he was excellent tonight and he should start on Thursday. Um, for me, every time I see it, like he scored a great goal on Thursday night and it's a really, really good goal. It's a lot harder to score. And I think people realise that goal. But then tonight there were some passes that he played that were just really sloppy, like lazy hospital balls, basically getting people into trouble. Sometimes his first touch isn't there. And he can just sort of disappear in games, but then he can pop up all of a sudden and, and beat three players. He's got just an really fresh. He, yeah, it, go on then. I've got playing Pepe is much like having a family sized bag of jelly babies. Oh, got a black one. Oh, I've got a red one. Oh, I've got an orange one. Oh, I've got a red one. Oh, I've got a green one. I've got a yellow one. I've got another green one. I've got a yellow one. I don't want to take the risk anymore. I don't like the green or the yellow ones. 
That's him. You don't know what you're going to get. It's a surprise. Sometimes you can pick out a red one and it will taste of a yellow one. He looks like he knows what he's doing, but then you taste it and it's shit. I don't like jelly babies. Can we use wine gums instead? Americans won't know what wine gums are. What amazed me is that Danny has basically proven that he's Forrest Gump because he used the life is like a box of chocolates analogy without even realising he's doing it. That's quite impressive. We've got our life own. Life is like a bag of jelly babies. <laughs> yeah, life is like a bag of jelly babies. You never know what you're going to get. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know with Pepe. I think the, the other thing is as well with Pepe, and I always try to not think about it. It's because of his price tag that we expect more um, from him. If we bought him for 25, 30 million, although that's still a lot of money, but in today's football money, it's not a lot. I'd be like, yeah, he's probably worth the money. You know, he's still a little bit inconsistent and a. Uh, you might be a little bit disappointed with him, but then sometimes he like once yeah. he gets going, he and he runs. I mean, Thursday night, oh, well, Thursday night that run he made was fantastic, and he beat all those players, and it was a really, really good goal. But then you get another game, we're just like, eh, I th- yeah, decision making as well doesn't release the ball early enough for me. Yeah, really, really, really weird. Just odd player. Uh, Mike Hertz asked about the Abamian thing whether he was sick. Um, he also thinks he was sick. Pepe makes Jovino look like Pele. Oh, dear. Um, right, a uh, couple more questions, and then we're going to wrap up, because um, it was a nice cheery show, and it's school night, and I've got to go to work tomorrow. Um, formerly knows it asks, do you think we'll get St. Totterings Day this year? Um, where are we? What are we? We're four points off. Uh, they've got our running. Our running is... Yeah, it is a lot easier, in theory, than theirs. Uh, what is their running... They've got Everton, who are we've a bit got Fulham. Missed. Then uh, we've got Everton. Yeah, they've got Southampton. They're all oh no, they've got their cup final, obviously. Um, <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> they have got Sheffield United though, which should be easy three points. Then they're away to Leeds. Oh, good luck there. And then they've got Wolves. Um, so they could certainly drop points. And Jose went on a rant earlier. I don't know if anyone saw it, but um, hilarious. Because, Doesn't know um, anymore, does he? Yeah, he, he had a go at Solskjaer, he had a go at the media, um, because they called, basically, well, Solskjaer didn't say Son was a cheat, but said he stayed down, and if his son had done that and his 10 friends had to pick him up off the floor, he wouldn't eat for a week or something like that. Well, I, I'm ad-libbing the quote slightly. Um, but yeah, Jose, Jose wasn't impressed at all, and went off on one and asked the media why he didn't ask him about it, and it was disgraceful, apparently. And you can't comment about players like that because he's never done anything like that in his life. Not like him. So, no, no. Um, so I don't know. Um, I'm hoping that it's all starting to go a bit sour under Jose as it tends to do. There's <laughs> a surprise. We never thought that would happen, did we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not not a surprise at all. Um, I'll just quickly delete those tweets where I said I would have taken Mourinho just for six <laughs> months to sort the club out. But <laughs> no, it's only about that. Um Right, Divyun, uh what are the chances we lose both Laka and Alba this summer? I don't think we'll lose both. I'm fairly sure if we were going to sell, we would sell one of them. I don't think we'd sell both. And I just think the position the club's put themselves in with the contract that the Bamiang's on, the fact he's the club captain um, and his age and the type of striker he is, because he is, uh, you know, he, he relies on his pace. That's his... That's his like main attribute. I think Lacazette is probably the easier one to sell. Plus, he's only got a year left on his contract. Um, 
So yeah. Can you imagine if we sell both and the fans are let back in at the start of next season and we haven't signed <laughs> a replacement come the first game of the season? Oh my god. I mean that would be quite incredible. Um uh, although I guess I get yeah, I guess the fans would get what they've been asking for though. You'd have Martinelli, you'd have Balogun, they'd all be Six playing. Six million pound strike force <laughs> compared to the hundred and uh, two hundred million we've got at the moment. <laughs> Couldn't do any worse. Yeah. Um yeah, I I don't uh, I don't see us selling both, but yeah, that's just me personally. Um, right, there's, there's one more question I will take uh, from Craig Barlow, and then we'll wrap up. Um, would you sell Pepe, Nick? I'll ask you first. Yes. Mm-hmm. How dare you ask such a stupid question, <laughs> Nick's thinking? <laughs> well, with that, he's, he's just not doing it, is he? He's had two seasons. I mean, I look at it, you know, I've heard, you know, from Chris, all these players from France, all this... Malcolm and Lamar and all these players and they were so close apparently and you know you only say next you know he's not going to listen I'm not going to you know I've never heard of him I've never even heard Chris talk about him that's how (laughs) unknown he was and then apparently we paid 70 odd million quid for him and apparently like 40 million and that were in brown envelopes to our former COO and a football agent allegedly and I don't (laughs) well uh, and then he got sacked, so it probably was true, actually. But yeah, just sell him. Just cut, well, I say cut your losses. We've made a big loss there. But look at his stats, Nick. He's played seventy-nine games, seventeen goals, fourteen assists. That's not Jovino levels of shit, is it? It's not bad for a wide player. I do, I think it's when you watch him on the pitch, and I just don't think we're not a team set up to play with with him. Like if he didn't cost seventy-two million. He could have been amazing for like, I don't know, Newcastle or. Um, <laughs> and then we could have bought him off a of Newcastle for 70 million. Yeah. No, but you know, you know what I mean? The team that sits deep and, yeah. and counters and tries to get Nick a goal on the break. Because that's, I mean, that goal he scored against Slavia, it was on the break and we turn and, and we transition really quickly. And I know we can do that, but because I did a lot of our games, we tend to have a lot of possession. He doesn't really have space to run into. So he's not that sort of player. Um, yeah, if we got a reasonable offer for him, I would be um, happy to. I think you're right. That's the price tag and his age. You know, he's, was he 25, yeah. 26 nearly? 25, 26, yeah. And he's so, playing like an 18-year-old, you know, his decision-making. I mean, I actually thought he was like 20, 21 when we bought him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I, I, if we got a reasonable offer for him, uh, I would not say no to <laughs> say what An unreasonable offer. offer. An unreasonable offer, I would probably take that as well. <laughs> So we've had and, any and, so, and so would Stan Kroenke because he'd probably go, oh, this this Spanish bloke, Mikel something, or Michael something or other, Michael A, his name was. I can't keep getting yeah. phone calls from him. He keeps asking me for money. If we sell this Pepe Le Pew bloke, I don't even know what he looks like, then, um, yeah, it will shut him up and I won't have to take those phone calls anymore. Yeah, maybe. Again, if you were playing in France and he was probably on... 10 grand a week in France, and he's mm. now on probably 100 grand a week. Wouldn't you, and you came over to play for Arsenal, wouldn't you want to play as badly as possible so you could get home and spend all your money on eBay buying <laughs> cl- game gathering game cards? <laughs> I'm playing shit. I'm not, I've am not. i been dropped for a week, right? Here we are, back on eBay. Bid, bid, bid. Uh, the, special the, uh, cards. The, the amount of money I could spend on OnlyFans for people I don't know. Yeah, it'd, it'd be amazing. <laughs> you never know. But yeah, we'll see without that. Um... £4.34 well spent. That is it for tonight's tonight's show. Um, enjoy the 3-0 win. Nice, comfortable. Two Make really, really good it. goals. Martinelli <laughs> back in the team, getting the goal as well. 
Um, and yeah, fingers crossed for Thursday that mm -hmm. Saka is available and that hopefully Erdegaard and um, uh, Smith Rowe maybe are available as well. At least one Just, of them. Yeah, the, the more options, the better. But there we go. We'll, we'll see what happens. But um, just leaves me to say uh, thank you to Danny for doing the buttons. Thank you very much, John, for, for hosting. It means I don't have to uh, do everything. That's quite right. Thank you for Nick for joining us, giving a bit Always of common sense. <laughs> um, and lastly to say, if you have liked the show and you are watching live, please hit the like button. If you're watching later, please hit the like button. If you aren't subscribed, don't forget to press the subscribe button and hit the bell icon. It'll tell you anytime we go live. You can follow us on Twitch, Twitter, and not TikTok, although that is the other thing. Facebook, Instagram. Facebook, Instagram, and I think that's it. I can't remember all the other ones. MySpace, is that the sort of thing? Bebo? We have actually, I went and set up a MySpace account when oh I heard it was back, God. so we're on there. We've actually got a, a subreddit as well. Oh, I set okay. up about eight years ago. Never used wow. it. Okay, we've got a subreddit. So what I want to see is, because I know some of you have got amazing jokes, start using the subreddit and put some, yeah put some amazing abw memes in generally of chris um you can use a picture that might be on your screen right now if you're not watching live <laughs> we're not you're only listening to the audio version you need to come watch the video and find the little picture i'm talking about and you can make some great memes with this you just need a few words underneath it you know admiring french players or whatever it is that you want to put there that head would fit yeah. on almost anybody that head would <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much for watching, everyone. Um, always good to talk to you. As a, um, is there who's on the pod this week, Danny? You probably don't know, do you? I've got no idea. We were trying to do a nine pm one and, and get the Jockmeister on, but he hasn't okay. got back to me yet. So I don't know. It's going to be someone. We've we've decided to disown YouTube. You can fuck off all your money and you can fuck off all your algorithms. We're going to do what we want when we want for as long as we want with as many people as we want. And we don't care anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he says. we're not sure. <laughs> we're not sure who's on the podcast this week, but you'll find out that'll be Tuesday night. Yeah, probably should be should be Tuesday night. Eight Normally is. Um, I've got no idea who's on the radio show for Thursday. Um, probably probably me. probably me and Danny. <laughs> but we'll see. Know if you prefer three people, because uh, yeah, we were concerned about time before, but now we don't mm. care anymore. Would you like everybody from ABW on at yeah. one go? I mean, the chances of getting everyone available for the same show is extremely slim. Unless yeah. apparently you want to talk about Marvel, because that's all anyone's been talking about in the chat oh, for the last two days. But there yeah. you go. Um, puddings. And also, if there's any like companies that are selling like diet or like um, PT training schemes or anything else, if you want to use me and Danny as like <laughs> a before and after picture, we are available. Um, it's a very, very low price. Zero. We, yeah, we, we are available for sponsorship. Um, anyway, that leads me to say thank you all for watching. Uh, we've been ABW Live. This was Sheffield United Neil, Arsenal Free. Danny, switch the shit off. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.